This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Friday, October 21st, 2022. Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast to bring you all the late-breaking news in the world of wrestling, whether it's WWE, AEW, or so many more. We're a podcast that's available absolutely free of charge anywhere fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's get right into the headlines. We're going to start off the headlines today by heading over to our good friends over at Wrestling Inc. Ross Berman is once again writing in, Tristan Nash, the son of WWE Hall of Famer Kevin Nash, has tragically passed away at the age of 26. Fightful Sean Ross Sapp broke the news on Twitter with an announcement from a representative from Kevin Nash and his wife Tamara. They recently had made a statement that said, unfortunately, he had passed away. Now, the Nash family would ask if you would respect their privacy during this time as they are grieving. Tristan, a musician, a poet, was Kevin and Tamara's only child. Both the exact date and the cause of death are not being made public right now. In a sad twist of timing, Tristan's death was announced on the birthday of Nash's longtime friend and former tag team partner, Scott Hall, who had passed away also earlier this year. Tamara was pregnant with Tristan when Kevin Nash left WWE for WCW back in 1996. Nash has been open about the fact that his departure was partially inspired by Tristan's impending birth, and he sought a schedule that would give him a better income and allow him a better schedule so he could take care of his new family. Nash's defection would ultimately lead to the formation of the Outsiders, the New World Order, and other major events that led to the Monday Night Wars, now giving Tristan a legitimate claim as a catalyst of the 1990s wrestling boom. Nash had recently begun podcasting under the ad-free show banner on the Click This. Then Tristan had also been working with Nash on the project as well. Tristan would work on the podcast and was on there as recently as just a week or so ago. Now the entire e-wrestling news and wrestling Inc. staff would love to send their condolences and wishes to the family of Kevin Nash and his wife Tamara at this time. With more information, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information on this developing story will continue. Dominic D'Angelo is writing in, Shawn Michaels confirms the date and the name of the next WWE PLE. Now, the next NXT premium live event will not only has a name, but a date. Shawn Michaels took part in a conference call with the media on Friday in light of Saturday's forthcoming Halloween Havoc. Now, the Heartbreak Kid broke the news that the premium live event lined up next will be NXT deadline and it will take place on December the 10th. Now this confirms a previous report that the next premium live event will be airing on the same day as the Ring of Honor Final Battle pay-per-view which will be put on by Tony Khan. NXT is seeing a big change forthcoming in an interview with Dave LaGreca of Busted Open Radio. Michaels is considering Halloween Havoc as a rebirth of the brand. The event itself is headlined by Braun Breaker defending his NXT championship against JD McDonough and Dragov in a triple threat match. Breaker has been the champion for the better part of the 2.0 era, but it's interesting to note if he will keep the title 
as he continues to ascend in NXT. It should also be noted on Friday's conference call that he didn't have anything said when he referred to NXT. There was no 2.0 even mentioned. Now, the NXT Championship once again at Halloween Havoc will be Braun Breaker and JD McDonough versus Dragoff. The NXT Women's Championship will be Mandy Rose versus Alba Fry. The NXT North American Championship will be determined in a ladder match. Carmelo Hayes will be taking on Wesley, Von Wagner, and Nathan Frazier as well. Now, the Spin the Wheel Make a Deal Weapons match will be Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez. In an ambulance match, Julius Creed will take on Damon Kemp. And the Spin the Wheel Make the Deal match, Apollo Crews will be taking on Grayson Waller. For more information on everything that's going to be happening at Halloween Havoc tomorrow night on the Peacock, you will find out more on Wrestling Inc. Shawn Michaels gets emotional as he sends his condolences to Kevin Nash and his family during this very difficult time. Now, the relationship between Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash goes back decades. Therefore, it's understandable why Michaels, now Senior Vice President of Talent Development and Creative in WWE, got choked up on Tuesday's, I'm sorry, excuse me, on today's NXT media conference call regarding Halloween Havoc when he took time to offer his condolences to Nash and his family regarding the untimely death of their son Tristan, who was only 26 years old. He would go on to say the following, We want to obviously send our condolences to Kevin Nash for the tragedy he suffered just a few days ago, Michael said. We offer our prayers, our thoughts, and our condolences to him and his wife Tamara. It's just going to leave it at that, he said. It's a terrible loss. We're just going to have to be there for everybody. It's plain and simple. Now, once again, as we reported, the only child of Kevin and Tamara Nash, Tristan had recently begun working on his father's podcast and was also a musician and a poet. Michaels also has a close-knit relationship with Kevin Nash and that started when Michaels and Nash were together in the early 90s as the wrestler and bodyguard duo. They then formed a tag team champions with two dudes with attitudes, eventually winning the world tag team together twice. Beyond their on-screen roles, Michael and Nash made the core of a friends called The Click, along with Scott Hall, Triple H, and Sean Waltman. The members of The Click would all go on to play major roles in the 90s wrestling boom, and Nash and Hall would go on to form the NWO in WCW, while Michaels and Triple H then went on to create Degeneration X. For more information on this right now, continue following Wrestling Inc., and more information will be coming forward. WWE reportedly considered having an AEW graphic on their television program in respect to Billy Gunn. Now, Marco Rivera is writing in at this hour, WWE celebrated the 25th anniversary of the iconic faction D-Generation X just a few weeks ago, live on WWE Raw at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Now, with one notable omission, the All Elite Wrestling star Billy Gunn did not appear on the show despite several reports that WWE had attempted to bring him in. Now, according to Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer, Khan wasn't against the idea with one caveat that WWE had to mention on camera that Gunn works for AEW. The report states that WWE dragged their feet on making that ultimate decision, which unfortunately led Gunn to not being able to appear. Fightful Select, meanwhile, reported that WWE entered, entertained the notion of 
using a lower third graphic of AEW, but ended up nixing the idea totally. WWE has gone as far as a prepare level for Gunn prior to the show, believing that DX members would all be again together. Now, the news falls in line with WWE Senior Vice President of Live Events, Road Dog Brian James, his recent thoughts on the situation. James said that WWE did all they could to get the New Age Outlaws back together again, even saying that Gunn had told him the day of Raw that he would be there. Now, according to James, the news of Gunn and unavailability unfortunately broke his heart. Despite Gunn not being there, WWE did make reference to him on the segment. James cued the crowd to scream badass Billy Gunn in his place. The Raw commentator Corey Graves remarked that the other guy's doing something else with office equipment these days, but I'm not quite sure. This was an obvious reference to Scissor Me Daddy, a catchphrase that Gunn is using right now and the popularity of his tag team called The Acclaimed. With more information on this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information on this will be forthcoming. AEW women's star Thunder Rosa is making news at this hour. Nick Miller is writing in, Thunder Rosa addresses widespread lies and rumors that she believes are being said about her. Now, she hasn't been seen on AEW TV in quite a while. She's been sidelined with a back injury since August. Thunder Rosa has continued to make weekly appearance as the co-host on the Sirius XM radio show Busted Open. Earlier today, Rosa took time to address the persistent rumors about her injury and seemingly called out Tony Storm for comments that she had made about the interim AEW Women's Championship. She would go on to say the following. It just takes one privileged person or someone with clout to, like, send out a tweet and destroy everything you have ever done, said Rosa. If you don't hear it from me, then don't say anything. You are in the back. You are not in any distress about being a champion. Well, you know what? I'm the one that's actually the champion. And I don't want you to talk about it in that way. I don't call the shots. I don't have the boss. There's a booker in our office that makes these decisions, she would go on to say. So if you're distraught about the way you're being booked, maybe you should talk to the booker and definitely keep my name out of your mouth. Now, Storm has been open in interviews about the fact that she doesn't like being called the interim champion and seems quite eager to face Thunder Rosa for the undisputed AEW Women's Championship at some point soon. However, it's worth pointing out that John Moxley said the same thing during his time as interim AEW World Champion, and it's a point of view that makes sense from the perspective of being an interim. Now, Rosa continued to talk about the rumors that people have been saying about her injury that she's faking it. She would also go on to say, and I quote, it's really hard when people are approaching you and they're asking you, is it really fake? I have some friends that are still asking me if I'm faking my injury, Rosa said, and I'm telling you, these rumors are started by one or two people and then they just spread from there. There's currently no time frame for her to come back right now or how severe her injury is. With more information on all things Thunder Rosa, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. Chris Jericho is making news at this hour. Chris Jericho files for three very new trademarks. So what is going on with that? 
Now, Chris Jericho has filled three separate trademarks this week, dealing with his AEW storyline and likely his annual cruise. Jericho filed the trademarks The Ocho and Ring of Jericho and Jericho's Blood Boat on October the 17th, according to documents reviewed by Wrestling Inc. Now, via the United States Patent and Trademark Office, the current Ring of Honor world champion has been referring to himself as The Ocho since capturing the title at AEW's Grand Slam event last month, marking the eighth world championship he has held in his 32-year career. Now, since winning the Ring of Honor Championship, Jericho has made it a point to break the unwritten rules and norms that come with Ring of Honor's culture. Before defeating Claudio Castanoli for the title last month, Jericho broke the Code of Honor by refusing to shake hands with his opponent and then later delivered a low blow that helped him win the match. Jericho's Ring of Jericho trademark may foreshadow more taunts from the heeled champion directed at the brand and its longtime fans. Jericho's boat trademark likely also has to do with his annual cruise ship series, which the wrestler began hosting back in 2018. Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea often features live pro wrestling matches, music, comedy, podcast recordings, and fans aboard the ship. Now, its upcoming event, Four Leaf Clover Cruise, is due to set sail this coming February, traveling from Miami to the Bahamas. Jericho last filmed a round of trademarks in May, including the Wizard nickname, which he's used on AETV prior to adopting the new name, The Ocho. For more information on Chris Jericho, continue following Wrestling Inc., and more information will be coming forward. We have new backstage news clarifying who exactly is in charge of booking the IWGP Women's Championship. Eric Mutter's writing in at this hour. There is now officially less than a month before New Japan Pro Wrestling and World Wonder Ring stardom crowned first ever IG, IWGP Women's Champion at the co-promoted historic X-Over inside the arena in Tokyo, Japan. Now this all will be happening on November the 20th. And while the tournament to determine the inaugural champion is currently underway, there's still many questions on who is calling the shots and who is being the booker. Now Stardom is maintaining control over the booking for the newly formed title, but per Wrestling Observer Newsletter, despite the fact that the title will primarily be defended in New Japan on their events, including those in North America and bigger shows in Japan, such as Wrestle Kingdom, Stardom has the creative reins on the direction of the championship. And as for the IWGP Women's Championship looks, Wrestling Observer reports that the belt was changed by the same team behind the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight Championship, as well as all the title belts that have been created for AEW. The new women's title design was revealed back in August. Now, so far, the tournament to crown the first women's championship has set to only have one match transpire. That was Jazzy Gabbard, who defeated Ava White and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Royal Quest 2, which happened recently on October the 2nd. Gabbard will move on to the semifinals, where she will face Kari, formerly known as Kari Sane, when she was in the WWE. The winner moves on to the finals to crown the new champion. The other quarterfinal matchups will take place on October the 22nd, where the other opponents will be determined. For more information on all this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information on all of these will be forthcoming.
We have some new information on the women of wrestling. Now, the women of wrestling seems to be drawing better numbers than one large United States promotion. Danny Wolfsonholm is writing in at this hour. A recent episode of Women of Wrestling outperformed a special from All Elite Wrestling in its broadcast and television ratings. According to WrestleNomics, the fourth episode in the latest season of WOW, which aired on October 9th, was watched by 334,000 fans. While this was the highest number of viewers the show has ever received, it also had more viewers than AEW's Battle of the Belts that aired two days prior. However, despite beating AEW in the overall ratings, AEW Battle of the Belts did have a higher viewership in 18-49, with a .10, why the women of wrestling only had a small 0.7. Now, nevertheless, a 0 0.07 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic for WoW is still the highest it's received in the history of the show. Notably, the male audience for the fourth episode of WoW was within the 18 to 49 demographic and it saw 74% higher than the first three episodes of the season. It's now said to be a consistent and more male audience than it previously was in prior seasons, with the male 18 to 49 demographic going up 41 to 51 to 56 now to 74 over the past four episodes. The women of wrestling promotion where former WWE Divas champion AJ Lee, also known as AJ Mendez, currently operates as executive producer and color commentator, premiered nationwide on September the 19th under the Paramount CBS banner. Now, the distribution deal was said to be the largest ever distribution deal in the history of women's wrestling. The promotion, which is the first since 2000, is currently owned by American sports executive Jeannie Buss. Now, you also recognize her because she is the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. The original creator from the promotion, David McLean, was previously created a gorgeous ladies of wrestling, which aired in the 1980s, but is also involved in this product as well. For more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. Former Ring of Honor stars Dutch and Vincent reportedly are being considered for a new stable in WWE. WWE has started creating more factions under the main roster under the Triple H regime. Now, a faction for Bray Wyatt, who has made his return to WWE at Extreme Rules after being released in July 2021, has been rumored. It is also being rumored to be called Wyatt Six. Some members of the WWE roster have been rumored to be part of the stable, which will be Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Grayson Whaler, Joe Gacy, Bo Dallas, with Dallas, who is actually the real-life brother of Wyatt, who is currently not even in WWE. Now, those names are the ones that are being discussed as possible members. However, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter has reported that WWE has had talks with former Ring of Honor World Six Tag Team Champions, Vincent and Dutch, to be part of the faction. Vincent recently wrapped up his work with Impact Wrestling, where he was part of the Honor No More faction since January with other former Ring of Honor champions. Now, on October the 20th, 2022 edition of Impact, Honor No More officially broke up with PCO beating up former members along with Vincent. The list of men PCO beat up included Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Kenny King. Now, while Vincent has been on Impact Wrestling for nearly a year, picking up tag team victories over The Bullet Club and Aces and Eights, Dutch has also mainly taken part in independent shows. The two men most notably teamed together alongside Bateman to defend the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Champions at Death Before Dishonor on July 
against Dalton Castle and the Boys. Castle and the Boys would walk away with the victory and begin their second reign as the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Champions. For more information on what is going to be happening with former Ring of Honor stars who may be making their way to WWE, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. Sean Newman is writing in at this hour, Ted DiBiase's Million Dollar Man gimmick extended way beyond the wrestling ring itself. For the WWF, one of its classic heel gimmicks would cost the company a pretty penny. During the late 1980s and 1990s, future WWE Hall of Famer Ted DiBiase, known as the Million Dollar Man character, was one most fondly remembered as one of the best heels in professional wrestling history, a wealthy swindler who always finagled his way to the top. DiBiase joined the company in 1987 and, with his wallet, soon became a prominent part on WWE television. At one point in 1988, the WWF storyline even paid Andre the Giant to win the WWF World Championship from Hulk Hogan, and after he had done that, he had given the championship to Ted DiBiase, who had bought it. In an era which professional wrestling was known for keeping storylines outside of the ring as well, DiBiase had to live the lavish lifestyle of his in-ring persona in and out of the squared circle. And former WWE chairman Vince McMahon was reportedly willing to foot the bill to allow his wrestlers to become larger-than-life personas outside of the ring. According to a Bleacher Report by Matthew Hester, Vince wanted him to be so believable that they would often travel him first class and book him in the best rooms. Hester also writes that DiBiase was also given spending cash just to carry around and throw around at people. Man, he had a lot of cash. DiBiase was given the cash allowance in order to hit the town and flaunt his character's pompous and affluent attitude. According to stories the wrestler has told since he retired in 1993, and he transitioned to being a backstage role in the company. But during his time in wrestling and managing stars like Andre the Giant, Virgil, and Steve Austin, DiBiase lived up even outside of the ring. As DiBiase recalled to ESPN, Vince McMahon once told him, in an effort to market his character, they're going to have to try our best in our abilities to make the public believe that you are a million dollar man. Everywhere the public sees you, you're going to have to have the appearance of wealth. DiBiase remembered Vince McMahon telling him at one point in time, you know how annoying it is to walk into a store, you just bought a pack of gum, you throw down a $100 bill, and then you don't ask for the change? I want you to do stuff like that. I want you to go to a restaurant, have Virgil with you, and then you just get up and announce yourself and say, folks, it's your lucky day. I'm the million dollar man from the WWF and I'm picking up your tab. Have Virgil get everyone's ticket, throw down some hundreds, have Virgil get the receipt, bring it up to the cash register and just take care of it. DiBiase said, that's the only few times he did it, but you know what? Vince McMahon racked up a huge tab doing so. With more information on this, continue following Wrestling Inc. And more information on this will be forthcoming. We have some news on the Good Brothers and what's going to be happening to them now that their contract is up from Impact Wrestling. The return of Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson to WWE on the season premiere of WWE Raw was a surprise to many wrestling fans. As reported of their impending arrival, it just started circulating earlier that same day. However, according to the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, that was something that the Good Brothers had been planning for a while, and that was the reason they ultimately chose not to re-sign with Impact Wrestling. 
Now, over the summer, WWE reached out to the former Raw Tag Team Champions, expressing interest in bringing them back. Now, as a result, Gallows and Anderson left their deals and let them expire with Impact Wrestling so they could see other options. They would work several dates for New Japan Pro Wrestling as free agents. Then the two men would put pen to paper in a big money deal to go back to WWE full time. Now, there are some things that are very interesting. Issues began to arise regarding their New Japan Pro Wrestling situation. Carl Anderson is the current Never Openweight Champion and was scheduled to put the title on the line against Hikaleu at the Battle Autumn that was supposed to take place on November the 5th in Japan. Now, that appears to no longer be happening due to a booking conflict. Andern is set to be in Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel as part of a six-man tag team match between the OC and the Judgment Day. New Japan Pro Wrestling president is reportedly furious on how everything has unfolded. The Good Brothers were wrapping up things up in Japan and Anderson was expected to drop his title at that stage. However, it is unknown exactly when that will now take place. Although his title reign was mentioned on NXT during this week, the Good Brothers partnership with Cameron Grimes is also being established. With more information on all this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. Matthew Wilkinson is writing in again about Chris Jericho. We have backstage news on WWE's reaction to Chris Jericho re-signing with the company. Now, earlier this week, it was revealed that Chris Jericho has re-signed a new deal with AEW, extending his stay with the company and showcasing that he's happy working there. However, according to the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, there had been some expectation within WWE that when his deal was done with AEW, he would be coming back. Now, there was a belief that Jericho would end up back in WWE for one final run with the company that he would finish up with an induction into the Hall of Fame. Of course, that is something that could still end up happening after his next contract ends, but that's much further down the line and it still remains unclear at that point. Jericho has reportedly maintained a good partnership with the McMahon family, but of course, now that Vince is out of the picture, it comes to a day-to-day with WWE. Considering the star power that he has and how valuable Jericho is to WWE, he could be a major signing if he ever became a free agent again. However, that will not be happening anytime soon, as the current Ring of Honor World Champion has once again signed a new deal that will have him in the company for the foreseeable future. After he re-upped his contract with AEW, Jericho said the following, I really do feel that this is my company. It's tattooed on my arm, making it clear how I feel about AEW, despite all my years in the WWE. His last match for WWE took place at Saudi Arabia as part of the Greatest Royal Rumble back in 2018, while his most recent appearance was with part of the Broken Skull Sessions, which is the podcast hosted by Stone Cold Steve Austin. He did that under the approval of AEW. With more information on all this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information is coming forward. Now, Wrestling Inc. has some new news on the situation with CM Punk. Now, as many of you know, CM Punk and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are still indefinitely suspended from AEW falling from their fallout fight that happened at the All Out Media Scrum. Now, there are reports that continue to trickle out concerning AEW and CM Punk's relationship. Now, there is new news saying that AEW is attempting to buy out CM Punk's contract. It seems as though such a buyout has been talked about behind the scenes since the brawl took place last month. According to Sean Ross Sapp on Fightful, word has emerged shortly after the fight that a Punk contract buyout was the likely outcome of the situation and it was never intended to bring him back. 
Now, this update follows the early report from Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer regarding the current status of negotiations between Punk and AEW, which specifically noted that a non-compete clause was the sticking point with the two sides. Punk, as well as the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, once again, have been absent from AEW television since the fracas took place. Now, AEW CEO Tony Khan has been asked about the situation in numerous interviews, and he has continued to refuse to make comments on this. Now, this has frustrated many journalists and interviewers. And an investigation into the altercation has been ongoing since the beginning, and it's still unclear how far along they are in the process. With producer A. Steele reportedly being let go just a few days ago, it may be safe to assume that the progress is continuing to be made. Punk himself was reportedly injured during his match at All Out. Now, a torn bicep would keep him out at least eight months, so even if he was reinstated, it would be quite some time before we saw him again. While it's unclear, will we seeing anyone else coming back in the foreseeable future? Continue following Wrestling Inc. as more information will be made forthcoming. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember, Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the late-breaking news in the world of wrestling, whether it's AEW, WWE, New Japan, Impact, and so many more. This podcast is brought to you on a daily basis and is free of charge, once again, anywhere fine podcasts are made. With that being said, let's go ahead and get back to the headlines. Danny Wolfenholm is writing in at this hour, Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez's WWE NXT feud is inspired by the Sasha Banks rivalry. Now, the new chapter will be added to Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez's personal rivalry this upcoming Saturday at NXT's Halloween Havoc when the pair collide in a weapons match. However, before their highly anticipated match, Jade spoke exclusively to Wrestling Inc. about how the feud is inspired by a rivalry between two former Raw and SmackDown and Women's NXT Championships. She would go on to say the following, we're very inspired by Sasha Banks and Bailey. We really are. We want to be the next generation of that, Jay told Wrestling Inc. senior news editor Nick Hausman, because those two takeover matches between them. And before that, man, I just started training. And it was a big reason I wanted to start training. Because seeing Sasha and Bailey in those takeover matches, it was just absolutely incredible. So I think Roxanne and I took inspiration from that. And she's also an incredible person to work with. Now, in that same interview, Jade discussed that she and Perez had a long-time history together even before they came to WWE. The two lady superstars regularly performed on the independent circuit and eventually became friends after they faced one another in a random four-on-four match. That was the only time they had crossed paths in the ring on the independent circuit. But Jade revealed that she and Perez bonded over having a similar history and the same degree of passion for the industry. For more information on both of these superstars and what may happen at Halloween Havoc this coming Saturday night, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. Eric Mutters writing in at this hour, CM Punk reportedly is negotiating a buyout deal amidst coming back to WWE. Now, after a reference to the Elite, uh, AEW is now starting to reincorporate the Young Bucks and CM Punk in their video packages and mentioning them regarding the Ring of Honor world title. All of this happened this past Tuesday night on a special edition of Dynamite. Now, 
The speculation only continued to grow when it emerged that Wednesday A. Steel, who was a big part of CM Punk, was released from the company. Now, according to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, things are being closer towards a resolution, at least regarding CM Punk. Meltzer reported on Friday that AEW and Punk have been talking, confirming a fight for report that AEW has been in contact with those involved in the incident. Now, right now, there is no return for CM Punk in AEW at all. In fact, some would go as far as saying it would be highly doubtful. In fact, sources have told Meltzer that AEW and Punk were in talks of getting a buyout of the remaining years of his contract. Meltzer further noted that a holdup in the talks were due to a non-compete clause, which Meltzer speculated was due to a potential interest from Punk regarding a return to WWE due to them being the only major company in North America that could meet the salary that Punk is looking for. For more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc. to see if CM Punk will eventually go back to WWE. Sasha Banks is making news this hour. Nick Miller is writing, Sasha Banks and former WWE star win CBD Award. Now, Sasha Banks is having no trouble finding success outside of the world of wrestling. Since walking out of the WWE, along with fellow star Naomi earlier this year, the two have made appearances at the New York Fashion Week, and Banks is set to appear on an upcoming USA Network TV series hosted by Nikki Bella. Now, the CBD brand belonging to Banks, as well as former WWE wrestler Kalisto seems to be making some waves right now. Now, many people believe that she is definitely going to be making waves in the CBD brand. Now, she does believe that the use of CBD is minimizing the effects of anxiety and depression. It also alleviates pain and reduces the severity and the frequencies of seizures. Bank has stayed very busy since her WWE departure in May. Now, while it's unknown if she and Naomi plan on ever wrestling again, Banks has made it clear that she has a wide range of interest she's looking to pursue. Now, rumors have swirled around in the recent months that she will ultimately return to WWE, with Triple H now being in charge and Vince McMahon retired. But many inside the company are still not 100% sure, but they still believe ultimately that Banks and Naomi will come back to the company. Nevertheless, it is still going to be a talking point, but both ladies are finding great success outside of the ropes right now. For more information on all this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. Danny Wolfsonholm is writing in, WWE reportedly considered bringing back an event that made Stone Cold Steve Austin very famous. WWE reportedly is thinking about bringing a former premium live event back from its 1993 to 2002 run. According to the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, the King of the Ring could be making its way back to WWE as a premium live event. Now, with that being said, if it was brought back, the show would feature both the King of the Ring and now the Queen of the Ring. Now, the reported indication is that it would be guaranteed money coming in for the organization's deal with Peacock. WWE has no need to worry when it comes to putting shows that could easily draw, and that is one that definitely would be a moneymaker. Now, the King of the Ring premium live event, formerly known as Pay-Per-View, was an annual WWE show for nine years, but it was eventually pulled down when WWE chairman Vince McMahon decided that he was not going to do it anymore. The tournament itself has consisted between 1985 and 1991, before it became a standalone event. 
Now, the tournament was ultimately reprised in 2006, 8, 10, 15, and 19, with matches being contested across Raw and SmackDown. The finals of the 2015 tournament had its own WWE Network special, but it was not recognized as a premium live event. In 2021, WWE announced the first ever Queen Crown tournament, which would take place simultaneously with the King of the Ring tournament on WWE programming, with the finals taking place at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Now, Zelina Vega made history by becoming the inaugural Queen's Crown Tournament winner. With more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc. And more information will be forthcoming. Now, Shad Khan is making news at this hour. The father of Tony Khan, AEW owner. The sports franchise is making Shad Khan the most money. But which one is it? Shad Khan, the father of AEW president Tony Khan, worked his way up from just $500 in his savings when he arrived in the United States to eventually become a highly successful billionaire through his purchase of auto manufacturing powerhouse Flexingate, as well as many multiple high-valuable sports franchises. But which of these sports franchises is making the most? Well, we have to go back. Khan was born in Pakistan. He finally moved to the United States when he was 16 years old to study engineering at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Khan was first in the Flex Engate during his college years, and the company would go on to hire other people as far as engineering director after he finished school. Less than a decade later, Khan started his own automotive parts business and became successful through the purchase of the company. Now, a short time after that, the company remained to be one of the biggest sources of his income, outpacing his sports franchises, and as of 2020, Flexingate brought more than $9 billion in revenues, and that's according to Bloomberg. Now, Khan went on to purchase the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2011 from Wayne Weaver, the team's first owner. Khan utilized the fortune made from his automotive ventures to buy the team, and it wouldn't be his last major venture in professional sports. Following the purchase, Khan followed up with an investment in another sports franchise with the purchase of the Fulham Football Club in 2013. Now, it is likely no surprise that Khan's most successful sports franchise is his NFL team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Khan reportedly makes $250 million each year just from the franchise, while his ownership in Fulham nets him about $125 million annually. As of January of 2022, Khan's net worth is more than $7 billion. He's the 12th most valuable sports franchise portfolio in the world, with a sizable portion of that making up his $2.8 billion value of the Jaguars. If you'd like to find out more about everything that's happening with him and where his fortune is going to go next, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. That's the headlines for today, Friday, October 21st, 2022. If you enjoy this podcast, remember, Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast to bring you all the late-breaking news in the world of wrestling, whether it's AEW, WWE, New Japan, Impact, or so many more. We're here on a daily, and it's absolutely free of charge anywhere you get your fine podcasts. With that being said, my name is Mike Freeland, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of Headlines.
My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week, I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and my my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The world of MLW.